Thank you, Megan, and good morning, everyone. Welcome this morning. Bethany, Merry Christmas. Glad that you could join us today on what is one of my favorite services of the year. Let's take a moment, we'll pray together, and then we'll look at the text that God has for us. Father, thank you that we can gather within these walls that represent, in many ways, shelter. Uh, but we're mindful, Father, that we bring ourselves into the room and our fears and our sorrows and our hopes and joys. I pray that you just meet us here now, Father, in these moments that we have together, leading up to a moment of uh, the celebration of your life as light. Would you speak to each heart? And we'll thank you for it. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Isaiah 40, chapter 1, simply says this. Comfort. Comfort. Says it twice. Comfort my people, says your God. So here's a question. Uh, Where do you go when you need comfort? For some of you, it's carbs. (laughs) No kidding, it is. That's why bread is called what? Comfort food. My daughter owns a bakery. This is a banner day for her because Christmas Eve, you could just call it Carb Sunday, basically. Because many, many of us uh, find comfort in eating cake and cookies and this kind of thing. However, uh, the scale shows up later. It's not the best way to find comfort. Friends and family, maybe. That's where you find comfort. As long as you don't talk about politics, religion, your health, or anything else, uh, then that's comforting. Some uh, comfort by shopping, but then January comes with credit card bills, and that's not so comfortable. Seahawks. Never mind, not comforting. <laughs> and then many of us self-medicate in all kinds of destructive ways. Uh, here's the thing. Yeah, 2017 was a year uh, when many people needed more comfort than usual, I would say. Politics, Las Vegas, Me Too, North Korea, refugees. And that's just the big stuff. Our own personal lives are filled with also loss, questions, health crises. So where do we find comfort? It's a great question. And here's Isaiah. Comfort. The context being, I bring comfort because I bring a gift. So God offers this kind of bomb-proof comfort that comes without calories, without credit card debt, uh, and and. The way that we receive this comfort is in the form of three gifts. And here's the three. This is our context this morning. Good news, great joy for all people. That's what the angel said. Behold, I bring you, what? Good news, which is great joy for all people. Let's look at those together because that's where you'll find your comfort. Not only today, but my prayer is every day. And so here's the deal. In a world of bad news, the angels brought through Christ the gift of good news. And good news comforts. The reality is from the moment you wake up in the morning until the time you drift to sleep at night, all of us in the room have the chance to wallow in bad news. Why? It's everywhere. It's on the radio as you're driving to work. It's on the news cycle, however you digest your news. It certainly is on your social media feeds increasingly as well as people kind of rant over the state of the world in various ways and we hear conspiracy theories spun and that kind of thing. And of course, aside from all of that, it's in the various health crises among us, our friends, our families, the bad news we get at the doctor's office, aging parents, kids gone wrong. It's in the national political landscape, no matter what your party is. 
And it's also in the little annoyances that I call, uh, and it's a feeling like every day kind of death by a thousand cuts just because living is hard. We wake up in the morning and we face challenges and we who live in Seattle, I know many of you are visiting, but we who live in Seattle are facing more and more challenges, right? We're trying to figure out how to get from Ballard to anywhere in less than an hour. (laughs) And that's a challenge. We're facing increasingly long lines while shopping simply because we're the fastest growing city in America. (laughs) And it's challenging. We're trying to figure out how to overcome our own loneliness or our own boredom, or our own addiction, or our own shame. Try to figure out what to do with aging parents, or boring jobs. There's bad news everywhere. So then, along come these angels, speaking to the shepherds, and boom, they break through in the middle of the night, and they say, listen, I'm bringing what? Good news. I'm bringing good news. And the root word here for good news is the word evangel in the Greek language, from from which we get at least two words. We get the word evangelism from that, which means to tell people about Jesus. And we get the word evangelical from that. And I'm just going to suggest to you, if ever there was a word in desperate need of recovery in 2018, it's the word evangelical. The word's fallen on hard times, as many of you know. (laughs) I've gone through seasons in my pastoral career when I've wanted to ditch certain words. I was a pastor in the 80s when there were a lot of financial scandals among kind of the emerging television evangelists. And so when I would travel, I would never tell people I was a pastor. They'd say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a teacher. Oh, what do you teach? I teach the Bible. Oh, to who? People who want to learn. Like, I'd do anything I could to avoid using the word pastor. Until I came into conviction, listen, Richard, don't ditch the word, recover the word. And I've been sorely tempted in 2017 to ditch the word evangelical. I even wrote an entire thing. I'm done with this word. I never posted it. Because under conviction, I realized that the the calling that we have collectively as God's people isn't to ditch the word, it's to recover the word. Because what does the word mean? Good news. I'm bringing you in a world filled with bad news, good news. And what makes this particular good news so amazing to me is that in the moment when the declaration of good news came, it wasn't good news because the bad news would somehow be overcome instantly. In other words, it's not like the angels came and said, listen, I'm bringing you good news. The Roman Empire is about to collapse. So all you slaves and women and immigrants and people with no rights, celebrate. Things are about to change. That's not the good news. The good news is that a baby's been been born into the world that'll change not just the Roman Empire, but every empire. (laughs) And not just for a little while, but for all time. The good news is this baby will ultimately bring a new kingdom into our world without elections, without political parties, and that this new kingdom will result in healing and justice, reconciliation and celebration, joy and hope, laughter, peace, safety, abundance, transformation forever. That's good news. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 9 uh, is the culmination of this section in Isaiah where Isaiah in a dream sees under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit what the end of time looks like. And here's the end of time. Every tear dried from every eye. Every disease healed. Every broken relationship reconciled. The end of all oppression. The end of all disease. The end of all untimely death. The end of all loss and sorrow. The end of greed. The end. It's over. (laughs) And people are sitting around a table from every nation enjoying the best food, the best wine, the the best and looking and recalling back the loss (laughs) and then saying to each other, look what God has done. Don't you love that? 
Isaiah 25, 9. Good news. That which we know now, <laughs> that is the injection of sorrow into our daily living, not forever. I bring you good news. And the good news is that every life circumstance, both the good and the bad, the easy and the hard, can help this kind of, this new reign of Christ to be birthed even now in our daily living. That there's ways in which hope can break into the midst of despair. Justice can break into the midst of oppression. It can happen right now so that we can see in our world today healing and justice and reconciliation and celebration and joy and hope and laughter and peace and safety made visible through you, through me, through us. Why? Because there's a king who reigns. Good news. And I'll tell you what, that's worth waking up for every morning. To, to, to receiving this news, living into this news, sharing this news. But the challenge, of course, for me is my tendency toward myopic fixation on the bad news. It's right in front of me every day. And the antidote for me has been this. Yes, there's bad news. I need to fall in love again with the good news. I need to fall in love with the good news. I, I, I was reminded of this yesterday, watching Star Wars. <laughs> when I heard this, I won't give you the context because I don't want to be a spoiler. But don't you love this? We win not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love. Like I 80% agree with that. <laughs> and I say 80% because there's a time to fight. I get it. But we win by saving what we love. And we're sitting on good news. This broken world is not a forever broken world because there's a king. So let's kind of review. I'm going to say the first part. You say the last part. In a world of bad news, the gift of good news. Let's go on. Second, in a world of sorrow, the gift of great joy. Oh, you guys are great. And let me just explain to you that joy in the Bible is very different from happiness. Happiness is very, like, circumstance-dependent. In other words, if you finish the sentence, I'm happy because, I'm happy because I got a new job. I'm happy because I got a promotion. I'm happy because I'm retiring. I'm happy because I'm getting married. I'm happy because we're having children. It's not, uh, joy's different. Joy is a result of revelation from God that kind of bursts into our life, and it's a revelation taking several different forms. A revelation that causes us to say, look what God has done, look what God has made, look what God has given us. All of those can lead to joy. Just look in the Bible. Look what God has done. Remember when the Red Sea parts? Joy. <laughs> when, when, when God gives you the new job that you wanted? Joy. When the medical report comes back and you've been healed? Joy. When you look back over the past year and you find that in spite of your own failings, God stuck with you anyway? Joy. <laughs> and I, I'll just say to you, there are a million look what God has done stories right in the room. Causes for joy. And then this, look what God has made. Because great joy comes not just from reading the book of this, the Bible, but also from reading the book of creation. So whether you're a gardener in the room or a runner around Green Lake or an extreme skier or whatever you happen to be, I hope you realize this. Joy comes from paying attention to what God has made in creation. Some of my most profound worship moments uh, have occurred in this little fire lookout tower uh, up by the... Uh, North Cascade, it's called Park Butte. I've hiked up there many times. 
with the high school youth group when I was a pastor in Friday Harbor, with people from all over the world when I ran a wilderness ministry in the North Cascades, with my wife when she was pregnant with our son. I took her up there in October. I said, you've got to see the view. It's amazing. And the, and the day we happened to go up there, it was zero visibility and snowing. <laughs> and so we're sleeping. This, it's, the wind is howling. I said, imagine, Mount Baker's right there. And we talked about faith and seeing the invisible. And then with some friends here from Bethany years ago, again in the fall, foggy in the valley, and we're above the fog, and the fog is down there in that Nooksack River Valley. And though we can't see them, we hear a gigantic flock of Canadian geese going by. And it's just silent, we're worshiping. Look what God has made. It's all around us, every day, sunrise. Blossoms, tides, look what God has done. Look what God has made. Look what God has given us. What has God given you? Everything. Every breath, clean water, friends, intimacy, education, companionship, forgiveness, wisdom, the Holy Spirit, Meaning, calling. I tend to be a melancholy person. And in my melancholy moments, I tend to see the cup as half empty. And what pulls me out of that over and over again is this. Look what God has done. Look what God has made. Look what God has given. Because those are responses that lead to joy. So two gifts, really, so far. In a world of the bad news, the gift of good news. In a world of sorrow, the gift of great joy. And finally, in a world of the 1%, beautiful. All people. By the way, including the 1%. So get over it. (laughs) But also the 99%. Not just natives, immigrants. Not just poor, but rich. Not just independents, but Republicans, Democrats, communists, anarchists. Not just homeowners, but homeless. Not just married, but single. Not just insiders, but outsiders. Not just believers, but atheists, and Muslims, and Buddhists, and Baptists, and Methodists, and day traders, and truck drivers, and mountaineers, and sailors, and nurses. The good news is for everyone. Good news, great joy for all people. That's what the angel said. And it's good news for all people because God's kindness is everywhere. It says in Romans 2 that every day, all of us are the recipients of God's gifts. God's kindness given to us every day in order that we might be drawn, these breadcrumbs of kindness, drawn to the source, which is Christ. What kind of gifts? Oh, you know, a cello, (laughs) music, a sunrise, crazy beans that when they're roasted and ground and put in hot water, make you super happy for some reason. (laughs) It's a gift. Good cheese, good wine, good friends, laughter. All of you have gifts. Every day. (laughs) 
so that you could follow the breadcrumbs of those gifts to the feet of your king and realize he's been wooing you from day one. And the good news is uh, universal in that it's not just an offer of new life, but what our king did on the cross actually has made the way for all people. And it was just done. Like when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it is finished. God's not angry at humanity anymore. The way out of the mess we've created has been made by Christ on the cross. And it's a way out where there are no winners and losers because it's good news, great joy for who? All people, everyone. But the key word here is for. God is simply saying, here it is. Here's a gift. Good news, great joy, it's for all people, and that means it's for you, but you have to open it. To really enjoy the gift, you have to open it. That's exactly what the shepherds did. They heard the news, and what did they say? Let's go, now. We have to see this, because this will change the world. And they did, they went. And they left their flocks, and they opened the gift. And that's exactly what these kids who are up here will do later tonight or tomorrow morning. They're going to open gifts. And I promise you this, they'll open their gifts. Not one gift will remain unopened. There won't, there won't be a gift under the tree, and the kids are like this. Nah, I think I'll wait till next year. And yet, the scriptures tell us that Jesus' assessment of humanity is precisely that. He tells a story in Luke chapter 14. I'll just paraphrase it. Jesus said, hey, you know, a, a, a guy planned a great banquet and he had all these guests invited. And then when he sent a servant out to bring the guests, every guest said, uh, no, I can't go. Uh, consider me excused. Uh, you know, I just bought a plot of land. I'm going to go check it out. Consider me excused. I just bought a Tesla. I got to test drive it after I bought it. <laughs> consider me excused. I just got married and life's hard. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, what a great gift. Someday, not today. And so then the servant goes and tells the master and the master says, then, then, then just go out and, and be one of those guys standing on the corner with a, with a sandwich board on and say, everybody's invited. And then the servant comes back. He says, there's still room. And then the master says, go out again, because here's the deal. The gift is for who? All people. But will all people open the gift? And the answer is no. We'll open every gift tonight, every gift in the morning. One gift will remain unopened. What is that? Good news, great joy, all people. Don't let it happen. Because that's the one gift that lasts. And the one gift that heals. And the one gift that transforms. And the one gift that doesn't add to your credit card bill or your waistline. Good news. Great joy. All people. Who's going to be too busy to open their gifts? None of you. <laughs> but who will still have unopened gifts under the tree a year from now? Well, unless we unwrap this one, some of us will. And the loss will be ours. Another year without unwrapping the great joy that God is providing... Another year of ignoring sunrises and sailing, intimacy and romance, health and abundance, forgiveness and transformation, too often failing to give thanks, and therefore missing the very life that we're so desperately looking for, because when we're sorrow-filled, we ignore the comfort that is Christ. Good news, great joy. For who? 
all people, including you. Let's pray. Father, meet us now as we respond. You've invited us to receive an incredible gift, the best gift. And though we'll receive gifts today and give them, the best gift may remain unopened. Would you speak to our hearts, Father? Show us what it means to be people who have received and lived in the comfort of Christ in a very real way. And we'll thank you for that as we pray in Christ's name. Amen.